Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are finally talking about the first, I think, nationwide theatrical release, universal release. Finally, we're getting some new movies. Tenet 2020, the new Christopher Nolan directed, written, also co-written uh, with Emma Thomas. Um Quick correction, she is a producer, not a writer. Thank you. But this is uh, a full Christopher Nolan production. Other than that, it's one of the standard ones. Although we do have a couple of newcomers joining us on his ride. Normally, we have a different editor for his uh, movies. This time, we have um, Jennifer Lame, the same editor as uh, Hereditary and Manchester by the Sea. And we also have um, Hoyt. Van Hoytenma, I believe I said that right. I sorry if I messed that up, but this is the same cinematographer from uh, Dunkirk and Interstellar, both working on uh, Christopher Nolan's movies, as well as uh, he's worked on uh, Ad Astra as well, and uh, the James Bond film Spectre and Her and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. So uh, this uh, cinematographer is continuing to. Um, um, to impress me as well. And so this movie stars uh, John David Washington, the uh, son of Denzel Washington. We've seen him in uh, Black Klansman most recently. Um, and I believe he's kind of a new and up-and-coming uh, guy that is um, really putting his foot into the uh, acting career. He's also, uh, he was a previous football player at... Um, he had signed with the St. Louis Rams, I guess. Um, I didn't realize that back in '06. Um, that's that's pretty crazy. I didn't even know that. So um, he was, yeah, most recently Ron Stallworth and Stallsworth and Black Klansman 2018. And uh, going on to go into Tenet after this is pretty impressive. I was like, okay, so he's starting to really uh, have some solidified names under his belt given that he's a uh, Denzel's son and uh, he's not a bad actor I'll give him that he's very uh, he's got uh, a different kind of charisma than his father but he definitely has screen presence that I really like we also have Robert Pattinson as uh, uh, kind of a co-star in this as well with uh, Elizabeth Debicki and Dimple Capita. Uh, we also have our favorite uh, well I don't want to give too many too many people away but let me just kind of preface this by saying we have the majority of our favorites back uh we do have ludwig gorson taking over the mantle uh for composer and score uh composer um instead of his normal um han zimmer composer i mean you know the dun, 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 you know the, from the inceptions from the prestige from all of christopher nolan's classic movies i believe even dunkirk had it as well um, but Hans Zimmer has been along the ride in all of the Batman trilogies, obviously. Um, Christopher Nolan has uh, quite a team he likes to put together, and a lot of the regulars and favorites, are, uh, majority are coming back, but the ones that aren't coming back, he has some pretty good stand-ins, and, and, and people are, that are replacing him just temporarily, or maybe even for future projects as well. So anyways, let's talk about Tenet, the 2020 movie that... Uh, 
uh, I got to see it's uh, very difficult to see certain movies in certain states. So sometimes, uh, like myself, you have to travel to a different state to go see uh, the movie safely. So, you know, preface this by saying, um, you know, only go to the movies if you absolutely think it's safe and uh, you absolutely think they are taking the steps and precautions to socially distance, to regulate, to make sure that, you know, things are being contained in a way, you know, um, the, the place I went, no one was even there. So it was like, there's less people in the movie theater at this point than there are in any gas station or grocery store in, in most places. Um, now that might not be the case for where you live. So obviously check with your local, uh, theater. So let's talk about Tenet, the 2020, let's say, preface this by saying there's not spoilers in this section, but there, we are going to talk about the plot of the film, which is something I didn't even want to talk about before, um, watching the movie. So if you have not seen it, you don't want to know anything about the movie. Um, spoiler, non-spoiler, this is going to be a non-spoiler section. However, however, we will talk about a spoiler section here in a few minutes. Um, but I will um, clearly mark that for you. So right now we are going to discuss the 2020 Tenet film with just uh, minor synopsis details about what's going on. And then we'll go into a little bit more uh, spoiler filled, heavy uh, centric conversation here in a minute. Tenet. Written and directed by. Tenet is written and directed by. Christopher Nolan, the guy that is always coming up with the crazy time concepts, the crazy obscure movies that make us think and our heads spin and coming out of the movies like, what the hell did we just watch? Well, yeah, this is exactly what you're expecting with this kind of movie. Tenet is the 2020 spy film in which the protagonist is trying to stop World War Three by going through time. So in a sense, I would say this is a movie about, um, well, it's a movie if you have Christopher Nolan directing the plot of Back to the Future. And you combine those two things, and that's essentially what Tenet is. Um, it is definitely a technical feature that needs to be seen on probably the biggest screen possible if you know if you can't see it in your theaters they see it in like the biggest screen you can loudest you need to be able to hear what's going on things are happening so fast in this two hours and 24 minutes uh christopher nolan is always known for having time manipulation in his movies this one especially so um for those people that want to continue talking about this still a non-spoiler but uh want to talk about a little bit more about the plot of what exactly are we getting into let's talk about it so tenet um let's talk about the pros real quick so the pros of tenet are that Christopher Nolan is always trying to shoot for the stars in a way that is um, quite always, well, normally quite dazzling in a way. You have uh, our space features such as Interstellar, our time and dream sequences such as uh, Inception, and then we have uh, uh, memory and distortion and manipulation and memento, and we'd have a little bit of magic in the prestige. I mean, there's... Uh, so many different types of technical features that 
Christopher Nolan is uh, constantly trying to uh, impress the audience with. It is always an experience to go see a Christopher Nolan uh, film. Whether you find it enjoyable or not, I always find that um, people always say this is certainly uh, not always challenging, but it can be quite a feature to tackle. It's not something you want to walk in um, with low energy to. You want to have a full cup of coffee. You want to have your notes ready to take. You're going to want to watch this several times. This is the kind of movie that is going to require multiple multiple viewings. And so with saying that, the uh, cinematography is uh, absolutely beautiful in this, as always, as most of, I mean, all of his movies are beautiful. They look like works of art. Um, the action is phenomenal. I'm going to talk about the time manipulation here in a second. But the way that the, 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 the action is happening, it's shot in pretty much what feels like you're watching the entire movie in reverse. Um, well, not just the movie, the movie in reverse, but you're going to watch an action scene happen in reverse or happen before it even happens or even from a different perspective. And so it's a little bit confusing in the way that I'm trying to uh, say it. But I mean, two people will walk in a room and one person has already had this fight and the other person has no idea what's going on. So it's like if you have that that in your head, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is like some crazy shit going on. Now, I remember as far back as what was the movie? I'm going to uh Oh well. Oh it 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 doesn't matter. I can't find. It wasn't Waterworld, but I was looking for some sort of movie that had that uh that same uh that same feature. Okay, so let me just talk about So yes, everyone knows that Christopher Nolan's movies look excellent. There's no doubt in that. And the fact that they always have mind-bending uh, elements about it that make the story compelling to, to a way that you've never heard or seen it told before, this has absolutely got that. Now, let's talk about the problem. Um, just basically my single solidified problem. Maybe it's it's kind of branched off into the writing section as well. Um the fact is, I don't find these main characters to be compelling enough or that I care about their livelihood, whether they make it or not. I mean, obviously, you want the good guy to make it. But the thing is, there is so much plot that happens in this first hour that they have to... Uh, explain the world, bring the characters, show what the problem is, how are we going to fix the problem, and that second hour is basically just completing all, is, is, is trying to uh, complete these tasks, obviously. Now, um, with, with kind of keeping it spoiler-free um, as much as possible, I will say um, it, it's absolutely crucial that you probably watch this two or three times because you're going to be lost in certain scenes that you're walking in and you're like wait who what's going on and then you come back to it and you're like ah now it's all explained and so um there is that element of having to rewatch it a lot of his movies have that they have the totems that they like the little pieces of intricacy that you know the uh, the uh inception had the the top and this has uh elements that they they need to grab to for time purposes and whatnot 
kind of dancing around what the plot actually is going on. Um, but overall, I will say the biggest problem about this movie is the fact that they do not have very uh, juicy characters in a way. Like, I, the reasoning you cared about Leo's character in Inception is because he has a family. He has someone we care about. He kind of has some sort of, uh, I don't want to say personality, but he, we kind of understand who he is and his motivations. I felt like after the first viewing of Tenet, I did not 100% understand the motivations of our protagonist, why he was here. I might need to go back and rewatch, or I might even have in my notes that we talk about in the spoiler section that of why he's there. But overall, I felt like it complete, a, a lot of this movie went over my head in a way that I was just like, um, yeah, this is great, but why do you care? You know, uh, I was, did I completely miss the part where um, this is, this is the reasoning that he's in this position? The reason I, I'm comparing it to uh, Inception is because they're very similar in in style. The pro, the difference is uh, Leo's character is uh, more understanding, in my opinion, to um, to why he's doing this job. I felt like I didn't understand why the protagonist was doing this job, why he w had to be the protagonist, you know? Um, so, yeah, that was my biggest problem with Tenet. Um, I had um, gone in it hearing some loose things that, uh, you know, there was uh, the normal Nolan problems. It's the exposition heavy um, between two characters, the walk and talks that kind of give us the recaps of what's going on in the movie. Um, yeah, this movie definitely has the walk and talks with the, uh, uh, the recontextualizing of what's going on in this movie. So, yeah, I... Um, I definitely see the complaints and when people talk about that. So let's talk about this in a little bit in the spoiler section so I can kind of give you a full brief of what's going on. I'm actually going to go to the Wikipedia page and give a, do the uh, full plot so that I can I know what's going on for my, my sanity. Because after two and a half hours, I was like, what in the world did I just <laughs> watch? Like... I was mind blown in many ways, but I was like, I also have about two thirds of no idea what the hell just happened. <laughs> Even with taking notes, I was like, what? So yeah, here's the plot for uh, Tenet 2020 with spoilers coming up right now. An unnamed CIA agent participates in an undercover SWAT operation at a Ukrainian opera house. Recruiting an exposed spy and stealing a strange artifact, he is saved from being shot by a masked soldier with a distinctive red tag on his rutsack. I think we know who that is now. The protagonist is captured and tortured before consuming a cyanide pill. He later awakens, learns the pill was fake, his colleagues are dead, the artifact was taken, and that the mission was a test. The protagonist's boss points him to a secret organization called Tenet, leading him to Laura, a scientist studying bullets whose entropy has been inverted. So they move backwards through time. The protagonist traces the bullets to Pyra, to Pyra, 
Pryra. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Pryra. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. An arms dealer in Mumbai and member of Tenet. With the help of Neil, a supposed local, the protagonist infiltrates Pryra's compound and learns the bullets are supplied by a Russian oligarch, Andre Sator, who is communicating with the future. The protagonist meets Sator's estranged wife, Kat. He discovers Sator is blackmailing Kat with a forged painting she had sold him to keep her from their son. Kat adds that the last time she and Sator were truly happy was on their yacht in Vietnam, where she later saw another woman dive from the ship. Hmm. It's all starting it's all starting to make sense. The protagonist and Neil work from Fixer Meyer to steal the painting from the storage facility at Oslo Airport. Inside the facility, they find a machine from which two masked men emerge, one of which is inverted. Neil fights and unmasks the normal one, then stops the protagonist from killing the inverted one. Pryra later explains that the machine was a turnstile, a time inversion device developed in the future, and that two masked men might be the same person. The protagonist lies. The protagonist lies to Cat that the painting was destroyed, and she arranges a meeting with Sator. Sator reveals that he had the painting moved before the crash. During a boating trip, Cat attempts to drown the Sator during during the boating trip, but the protagonist saves him. The protagonist offers to steal a case of plutonium. Sator <laughs> the protagonist offers to steal a case of plutonium. Sator desires in exchange for Cat's freedom. The protagonist and Neil steal the plutonium from an armored convoy, but realize it is actually another artifact. An inverted Sator, Sator captures both the protagonist and Cat, mortally wounds her, mortally wounds her, and then with an inverted bullet, and forces him to reveal where the artifact is. After Sator leaves a team of tenant operatives led by Ives Freeze, the protagonist. The uh, Neil admits being part of Tenet to save Cat from death. The protagonist and Neil take her through Sator's turnstile. They travel back to Oslo's airport crash a week earlier and uninvert themselves inside the, the turnstile there as they infiltrate the airport the inverted protagonist fights his non-inverted self before reaching the turnstile and uninverted, uninverting himself. So, okay, so yeah, this is a lot of stuff that's starting to make more sense that that they're going back in time, essentially 
through the first hour of the movie and undoing a lot of what they were trying to do at some point or trying to help or fix the situation. Priya explains the artifacts are capable of future developed algorithm, capable of catastroph catastrophically inverting the entire world and that future humans wish to activate it to prevent the effects of global warming. It's always a global warming message. Always comes back to the... <laughs> Y'all are going to be like, oh, the damn lips. Cats... <laughs> uh, sorry, Cat reveals that Sator is dying from inoperable pancreatic cancer and deduces that he will activate the algorithm on the moment of his death via a de dead man switch. Believing the... Believing the world should die with him. Kat suspects Sator will choose to die when he was most happy, their day in Vietnam. Kat inverts back in time to delay Sator's death, while Tenet tracks the assembled algorithm to an abandoned Soviet-closed city and commences a temporal pincer movement where half of the troops move forward in time to the blast zone, while the other half moves backwards. The protagonists and Ives are, preventing from reaching, are prevented from reaching the algorithm by a locked gate. Until an inverted masks, masked corpse with a familiar red tag on its rucksack springs to life, saving the protagonist from a gunshot and unlocking the gate. Cat prematurely, Cat prematurely kills Sator just as the protagonist and Ives revive, deactivate the algorithm. Cat dives from the yacht deck where she is witnessed by herself. By, sorry, by her past self. The protagonist, Neil and Ives, break up the algorithm's components and part ways. The protagonist notices a red tag on Neil's rucksack. Neil reveals that a future version of the protagonist recruited him to Tenet years earlier, and this mission is the end of a long friendship. Friendship. End of a long friendship that the protagonist has yet to experience. In London, Pryor attempts to kill Cat, but is killed by the protagonist, who has realized... He is the future mastermind behind Tenet. He watches Cat reunite with her son. And that is all she wrote. So, yeah, like half that I did, I was like, wait, who, what, when, where? So, like, scenes would happen. This is all spoilers, by the way. You just listen to that entire plot, so you should know spoilers. But scenes would happen within the movie. And... I was like, what is going on? But essentially, we were watching the entire scene in reverse. And then we'd come back to it in, in later in the movie. And we would see it play out in time. And it'd be like, oh. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's all coming back. Like, it's, 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 it's the onion thing. It's the burrito thing. It's got layers. It's got layers. So uh, let me just talk about real quickly about the, uh, the notes uh, about y'all probably tired of me just blabbering on about this time bullshit um i don't know right at the beginning instantly pulse pounding with music 
and editing that is uh to die for it's just like this is this is what i came for i was like this is my shit why do i only get two hours of nolan every two years or something like that three years it's it's ridiculous i need more um yeah that those damn violins like ding, 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 like they, they, they were straight getting it um i mean he wakes up at the very beginning the protagonist does sleeping so we should already kind of be in a mind of like, oh shit, something's definitely not right. Um, yeah, and he's working for the new company, Tenet. Um, ends up being a, a test, we find that out. Um, preventing World War Three. I was like, damn, these inverted bullets are pretty cool. But I was thinking, this is a really cheap way to show a really easy effect. Um, as a matter of fact, real quick story. Back in high school, we had Star Wars. Um in uh, Shakespeare, we had to make some sort of movie together. So I was like, instantly, I was like, it's going to have a lightsaber battle. So one of the coolest effects that I had was, I was like, ding, ding, ding. So uh, one of the effects I had was throwing the lightsaber down and making it look like he was using the force to bring it back. And so this is, this is a technique used in film and has been used in film as early as the, or, uh, early 1920s and probably late 1800s um movies have been reversing film for as long as i can even think about it and it's crazy to think about no one's really gone through and said that um we should do an action film that way i, ha I can't think of too many action films that show the a reverse explosion or a reverse uh you know ass beating or reverse something or another bullets happening i mean that is very cool and uh, I didn't see the trailer for this before I uh, went to the movie, so I was I was very glad that I didn't. I'm actually about to watch it here in a second just to see if they kind of spoil what what the premise is. Um, but yeah, so I was like, how are they sending him this stuff? I was a little bit confused, even reading the plot back over. I was like, how are they reversing the bullets? I was like, it, the machine that was doing it didn't seem entirely uh plausible to me like i was i mean obviously it's not a real thing it's made up but i was like i don't see where they're manufacturing these things like how are they manufacturing the bullets i felt like i was a little bit lost on that um maybe they showed it maybe they didn't maybe i don't know um but the thing about this movie is it has very quick subtle shots that they're just left there you're like wait what why did he do that who is that jumping off the boat why is that happening who's who's in that car like small little shots that you're like why didn't Robert Pattinson go and whoop that guy's ass after he threw him back? And so it goes back and shows you from a different perspective very much that you're like, oh, shit, that was them the whole time. And so that's the great thing about watching Nolan movies, because when you watch the first time, you're like, oh, shit, that was quite an experience. The second time, you're like, oh, my Lanta. It's like, uh, you know, you're seeing the you're seeing it for the first time. Um, so, yes. Um, what else do we have? The backwards airplane gold heist which it, would, and it was more or less about the paintings but I, I call it the gold heist um very cool to watch looks expensive as hell this is a straight up bond film if i ever seen one and everyone's talking about you know robert pattinson playing the batman in the next movie and christopher nolan's been the previous director of some of the best batmans that have come out before it was it was just kind of ironic it definitely felt like this is all still happening in the same world um what else do we have? Action scenes in reverse. I was like, this is insanity. I need to go back and rewatch it just to see what, what, what actually happened. And I'm, it makes me wonder, did they just shoot the actual film 
uh, you know, regularly and then reverse it in post? Like, I, I've got so many questions about how this was actually shot. I want to see the uh, uh, a documentary or some sort of, like, behind-the-scenes thing about how this was really going on. Um, so, yeah, he uh, kept the photo... Uh, sorry, he, he lied about the uh, picture being destroyed. Wife tries to kill husband. Next scene, um, definitely can't let that happen. Um, then there's plutonium that is introduced in this. Um, uh, let's see. That guy that got beat with the gold bar, he's like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. reverse or not, that would have hurt. <laughs> uh, so uh, what else do we have? I did notice there seemed to be a lot of exposition coming from David Washington's character, the protagonist, and Robert Patton's character, um, Neil, uh, to to gear the audience in the headspace of where we're at and what is happening, almost like a recap. I was, um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think. I like these two guys. I like these two actors. It's just Nolan gave them next to nothing that really geared us to being sympathetic of either one of these guys, in my opinion. I felt like I didn't understand why they were who they were. They just were. And I had a fun time watching it, but it's like, at the end of the movie, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Who are you? Who are you again? Like, after two and a half hours, I still very much feel like, I don't know. Um... So yeah, that was the, they very much felt like walk and talks with our, our protagonist and Neil character, but it was all having to do with the plot, 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 and no character building. I felt like the character building on these two two guys. So I, I'm the more I'm thinking about, it, the more I I kind of understand where the, what the problem is. There is an hour of actual movie here. And that whole second hour is them jumping back in that first hour and looking at it from different perspectives. And there is just not enough time in the day or in the movie or however, no matter how much you manipulate the time, there's just not enough time to have them explain who they are without telling the audience, you know, this is who they are. And so um, that's where it kind of feels like it's compressed in a way. I almost wish this was like a a mini series of like five hours. I guarantee you there's probably at least a, a, a four or five hour cut of this and they just had to cut, cut, cut. But I just felt like the heart of the movie was erased if they took any of the, the small remarks that would have had to do with who these guys were as characters. I, they had to keep the Neil character at arm's length because there needed to be a big reveal about who he was at the end. But it also sacrificed who he was as a character, and there wasn't there wasn't any like uh, for me there was not enough meat on the bone um, like there was in like his previous movies such as Inception, where it felt like it wasn't ragtag team team of guys, but it was this team of like elite professionals that felt like they had maybe worked together at some point and they were coming back together not to do one last heist or something but it was it was coming back bringing the team back together this doesn't feel like you're bringing the team back together it doesn't feel like uh 
you know, it's uh, bouncing back and forth, uh, co-star and lead, kind of buddy cop time flick or something like that. It's not like that. It's way more serious than any of that. And I think that it probably could have benefited from just having a little bit of holy shitness in this because like i felt like half the time i was like do you see this shit man and it's like i wanted to like shake somebody to be like do you say that shot do you say this and i felt like there was never a moment that uh david washington as the protagonist or robert pattinson was ever like holy she you know like i i would be losing my freaking mind and i felt like the uh, I, I know i'm saying i felt like too much i i, I i'm aware um ellen page was that character the the proxy for the character of us as the um the viewer to kind of be like oh my gosh this is a pretty cool world we're living in but it felt like david washington was like yep reverse bullets yep that sounds good and uh pattinson giving me next to no information yep that's good too grandfather paradox uh yep that sounds like it was like there was no questioning of what was going on with this reality and world and i felt like i would have been like what the fuck where what are the repercussions of all this happening and i felt like there was so much world building you had to press in there that just was not enough room for the story um and i'm kind of just now getting this out let's see what else we have uh okay so the husband played by what is his name i'm going to have to pull his nap in two seconds just get a hack in the network okay so kenneth uh brana played andre sator anybody that doesn't recognize this guy for a long time that you're know, like oh this guy kind of looks familiar i was like this guy looks so familiar it's um it's one of your favorite characters from the Doc Ots in Harry Potter. He played uh, a Professor Gilroy, Gilroy Lockhart in uh, The Chamber of Secrets. And he was one of the highlights of that movie, if I can remember correctly. And seeing him menacing, just being absolutely menacing on this, is just like, holy shit. Is, uh, he's on another level. Um, we have... Michael Caine, uh, back as Michael Crosby. I I don't think Michael Crosby was in Inception, but I'm you know, pretty sure he was not. But he basically plays the same character, just a little bit of exposition and kind of just like, you know, this is what you're fighting for, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I uh, I was kind of surprised about uh, uh, on uh, Kenneth Bron Branagh's. Uh, character just being so fucking menacing i was like ee, ee, ee. but um we also have aaron taylor johnson in this as ives he just feels like a kind of a side character that is very underwritten i still don't really know his motivations um elizabeth debecky is cat really like her really really like her i'm not sure if i 100 percent enjoyed the portrayal of how much shit she got in this movie like just shot, beaten, just uh, abused, terrible, terrible husband. Uh, but I felt like generally she had like the upper hand by the end of the movie. I, I'd have to go through a few podcasts, listen to, watched a few times, maybe um, 
I don't know if it would pass like the back tail test or anything like that. Like I don't, she's probably always talking about a male protagonist on screen. Um, like she doesn't have any full motivations besides leaving this guy. And I kind of wish they, the, the characters are just very thin in my opinion. Um, and keep in mind, I love Christopher Nolan. He's one of my go-to directors. When I say I wanted to be a director, he was, he's one of the reasons. So when I see that there are problems with his movies, there are problems with Inception, there are problems with Interstellar, e even though I love them, uh, the movies and the direction and everything about him, um, they're, they're clearly are problems. And, and Tenet has problems as well. Um, so we can be fanboys, but we can also be... Um, fanboys, fangirls, whoever, fan dogs, uh, <laughs> cats, I don't know. But uh, the main thing is we can be, uh, you know, critical of movies that we can still love. I don't know if I love this movie yet, but I still think it's quite an achievement. Um, so, yeah, there's the split scene after the wreck, shown in reverse from two different perspectives. I was very blown away and confused at the same time about what the hell was going on. The thing was, you would walk into a room and you'd be like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happened, but it's going to happen. And it's like, and then he's like doing some crazy shit all of a sudden. And basically, it's like trying to be a detective but before it happens and it kind of reminds me a little bit like Hannibal I, I'm having flashbacks a little bit now I'm thinking about it Hannibal had kind of a reverse um reverse murders that he would try to play in his head he would say how did the murder happen and so it's kind of in the same way of you're like how did this bullet get here if right there if this happened right there it's like and then you see the whole thing happen in reverse it is some very impressive stuff and confusing at the same time. This is when it happens. You need that second watch. That second and third watch. Um, and so. This is where I realized that. I think David Washington never has that like holy shit moment. Like I. At several times he, he, he looks concerned. But I never feel like he's like. Like I'd be screaming like fuck. Like fuck. Like I would be just like mind blown the entire time. Uh, so. We see Washington tries to uh, change the, the the car race at a certain point. The once the car race has already happened, and he's trying to, to jump in the car, and then we go into the reverse rooms, and then some crazy interviewing happens, and then the tenant guys come in. They're like, all right, "Dave Washington's all right. We got to go go back into the car race that just happened. I need to go back in time, put the the face mask on, and." basically try to stop everything from happening and he does not succeed it i don't think and um yeah and now we're trying to um figure out the grandfather paradox which is like what happens if you killed your grandfather would you know would you still be there back in you know back in the day or in the future and stuff like that i know it's fucking confusing i didn't make this shit up blame nolan not me um <laughs> uh so uh fast forward back to the plane scene again so this is back when after um they've t discussed the grandfather paradox and they're going back to the plane and they're going to uh, uh, you know to fight their their younger selves when they're in the room the painting 
um, when the paintings are being exploded and whatnot, um, or sorry, when it's being gassed. And so that is another very impressive scene. That's where we have the, the action scene in reverse again, where they're fighting themselves and Pattinson is throwing, um, he throws uh, the SWAT team member that looks like the protagonist on the ground and he realizes as the protagonist that he's actually back in time as well. And so that is another scene that is elongated the first time you see it. It's like, wait, why is that scene so long at the first time you watched it? And you're like, where did that e guy even go? And so that uh, that's all explained here that Pattinson kind of knows throughout the movie loosely what's going to happen has already happened. Um so yeah i always thought i did think it was weird that they didn't show the guys in the mask that they were fighting originally but it ended up because there was a reason it, it, it was themselves um it's thinking like who do you root for in a situation like that their past selves or old you know new selves or old selves and uh a, a, a marvel movie not too long ago within the last year ago last year or two ago um, had a very similar scene of two superheroes fighting them, uh, an older self and a younger self, and it was very fun. It was very cool. Kind of reminded me of that. Um, so what else do we have on here? Um, yeah, so uh, where am I? Yeah, I, by this point, I was like, I'm going to need a second watch and a third watch at this point. Um, what has happened has happened. So this is when we find out he has a dead man switch, pancreatic cancer. This is where Cat's telling us all this. I was confused about how Cat was okay from the reverse bullet at this point. I, at just this whole section, I was just like, oh, my brain hurts. It's mush. It, it was like uh, trying to understand like psychology and physics all at the same time. It was like so many things that were happening. I was like, okay, she's fine now. I'm just going to take that as is. Um and uh, I realized Nolan can't keep masks off people. Ever since Bane, he's had masks all over people. Um, you know, so this time we have masks on people as well. Um, let's see. So we have this reversed war, war scene that is just phenomenal to watch. Like seeing things in one direction, blowing up buildings being destroyed and then coming back together in the same scene it's just like what is going on man um the only way you really know what's going on is by uh, the color coding the the army guys and that one's blue one's red team it's like i guess that's the best way to to mark who these guys are at about 20 minutes into the war scene at the very end, I was like, where is everybody? Where are my favorite characters? <laughs> and I realized I just couldn't see them because they had masks on. I was like, ugh. Uh, just, uh, I'm not looking forward to a freaking plethora of movies where we can't see the actors' faces. It just feels like I don't even know who I'm watching at this point. Um, but yeah, so um, we find out uh, Sator's crazy. He thinks he's a god really doesn't make much sense when it comes down to the themes of it. it's like he has pancreatic cancer so he wants everyone to die like what what was the the what was the thinking in this this just sounds like a waste of time couldn't you have been doing something way more productive with your money or just enjoying fucking being on a yacht like geez louise um but anyway he ends up getting bucked up by kate and or sorry by cat pow pow straight to the chest i think it was just one shot so it's just a, a single pow but um got him anyway straight to the uh 
yeah, straight to the, I was going to say throat, but I think it was the chest, throws him off the yacht and, you know, squeaks his, uh, what's his neck at the same time. It looked pretty painful. So he's definitely dead, being dragged by the boat at the end. Cat sees herself jumping off the boat. I'm sure she's still got, her younger self is going to have questions about who the heck that lady was jumping off the boat. And then all of a sudden the husband's gone. A lot of questions. Um, I kind of wish we would have gotten a little uh, zoom in on, or a close up on the uh, on Cat's younger self, so she knew that it was her older self. I, I don't think we she has confirmation at all. Um, let's see. <sighs> so uh, Patton says, Pattinson says this is the end of a beautiful friendship, and uh, I guess is the beginning of his or beginning of i don't know it, it there, there's so much timey-wimey shit in this i just i'm not even gonna attempt to try to explain it 100 percent. this is just a, <laughs> it's another one so um yeah in conclusion i will say tenant very highly well produced well directed it's got thin characters and they need a little bit more juice on the bone just to kind of sympathize and uh, empathize with the characters. So thank you for listening, watching Lucky Doll Podcast. Check out all the Lucky Doll Podcasts you can on SoundCloud. You can check them out early on YouTube. We produce them live also on Twitch. Check out the description below for all of the social medias. If you want to donate, paypal.me slash the Lucky Doll Podcast. Thank you for listening, watching Lucky Doll Podcast. Take it that part is a little dramatic. Last time it went no tennis.